That sound is definitely not a Coors Light being opened. That is the sound of a good beer and a good podcast. Really? Welcome to Game for a Movie, guys. Hey. The power of audio. The power of audio. You can't tell what it is. It's definitely not a Coors Light, Definitely not, no. Because we are a craft beer drinker. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am your host, Mike. I am joined by... Andre. Mitchell. Uh, Welcome. Everybody, nice. yeah, uh, we are here. drinking. Yeah, what what are you drinking over I there? I am yeah. drinking a Harpoon IPA. Lie like carpet. Lie. Actually, you are. You are I am carpet. actually yeah, drinking. No, yeah. I have a Coors Light open, so I can just like <laughs> double. Fist oh it. right, I'm sure those those go great together. I'm sure they do. Oh not. my god, <laughs> it's just a watered down Harpoon. Indeed, it is. Uh, oh yeah, uh, you're right. Andre, what are you drinking? I am also uh, drinking a Harpoon, some Hootie Tootie Craft IPA, and then uh, Claire told me that I needed to Hootie Tootie. Hootie Tootie. I've heard. Hoity toity. Hoity toity, hooty tooty. Hooty tooty? Uh, yeah. Okay. Is that like the same? Is it like, is that the same thing or is this? Uh, are yeah. You mis- are you mispronouncing this beer? Uh, it's, oh. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, all right. You there pronounce, is hooty. You, you pronounce Kurz light. So I'm a little disappointed. Hooty tooty. Hoity toity. Uh, Mitchell, what are you drinking over there? I got Jungle Crush by our friends from City Steam Brewery. Hey. Ooh, City Steam. Yeah, so it's a fruitier IPA, and mm-hmm. I actually like that. Nice. So I am just having a good old time over there. There we go. Yeah. If it, Fantastic. If it's not me biting into a hop, that, that taste, <laughs> I don't want it. Oh, you, like <laughs> you just, want, you just want to drink pine cones? Is that I just much? want, no, I want like a hop in my hand and yeah. just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. grab a bite. Ooh, really get your taste buds going. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we are missing a member. Yeah, our most our... popular member. Oh, by far. Dude, it's yeah, not right. It's, like, this is terrible for our social media outreach right now, honestly. <laughs> How Ugh. the hell is T-Dog our most popular member? Because uh, I guess I think it's because he's uh, He's he's likable and also uh, he's not on every episode, right? So it's like a, it's kind of like you know it's, it's like, supplying well, right, okay. right, right. Like he's like the cameo guy. He's like you're he's like you're you're waiting for that crossover episode. T Dog's that crossover. Episode. So I'll never be the yeah. favorite. Huh? No, no. Not. It's like in the league where Taco was my favorite character, and right. he would have or like in the Office, Creed is maybe my second favorite character, and he okay. has like five lines. Yeah, okay. episodes. Yeah. you know yep. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, let's play our favorite game. Where is T Dog? Oh shit! <laughs> that was him bumping underneath the yeah, table. Right, right, I was right, trying right. to do a drum roll. Is he is build. he haunting this apartment? He is. Dude, he he, is he haunts my dreams. Mm-hmm. He really um, does. I have a theory about where he is. Okay. Mm. He got transformed into a cat. Wow. Okay. And is the winner that goes to the heaven side layer. Oh, spoilers! Uh, Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> I was gonna watch that movie. <laughs> Let me tell you right now. No, you weren't. <laughs> uh-huh. You're right. You're right. Uh, we've got more on that movie later. That is the bad movie that I had to see for this lovely podcast of ours. Damn it, Tom Hooper. <laughs> if, <laughs> wow, if I why? knew I was going to have to see Cats, we would not have this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure enough. So, uh, my theory on where T-Dog is is that he is now a dilapidated dwarf skeleton Whoa, in the depths goodness. of the Mines of Moria. That is oddly specific, just, and I feel like it alludes specific. to something. I, you know, I might have just been, you know, boning up on my fantasy. I don't know, just for no apparent reason whatsoever. Just okay, boning up. up on it, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, that's where he is. Got it. Just okay. dead. Hey, yeah. Mitchell, do you have a theory? Yeah, I've been reading uh, T-Dog's blog, and it turns out he's in his third week of getting through The Irishman. So oh, he's still finishing okay. that. He actually wants to contribute to this podcast. So. You know, like, every like you can only take it in five-minute chunks, <laughs> yes. so I get how it's taking him so long. Dude, yeah. Oh, poor T-Dog. But he's getting through it, you know? Slowly but surely. Hey, yeah. good hop, for him. Hop is still around, so he, okay. he still has some ways to go. Right, right, right. Oof, wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got some lovely movies to talk about this podcast. Are they lovely? Uh, some of them. Yeah. <laughs> More than others. Okay. Um, I will be talking about Cats at the end, but I did see another movie I just want to talk about as a genre whole. Yes. Because mm-hmm. um, I had some very strong opinions about the genre. 
versus okay. the movie I saw itself. Okay. So, I will start with that, uh, then we'll go to Andre Mitchell, and then close with Cats. Yes. Stick around, because you won't regret it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely did. Um, <laughs> the movie I have to talk about first is The Gentleman. Yes. Um, the Gentleman is a gangster comedy. Yep. Uh, written by Guy Ritchie and directed by Guy Ritchie. I was going to mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has uh, Matthew McConaughey and um, what's his name? Um, uh, it has Michelle Dockery. Yes. It has Henry Golding. Ooh. Ooh. And, um, he is, besides Brad Pitt, my man crush. He, oh, is, yeah? he is very attractive. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes. Um, and they also have uh, Charlie Hunnam. Yes. And Jeremy Strong and Colin Farrell. Yes. Those are the those are the big names that I wanted to get out there. A lot of talented folks. I'll a lot of talented that. folks. Oh, and Hugh Grant. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Is he Hugh a Grant. smaller role? No, or? he is a big role. Oh, okay, cool. So, um, basic story, Matthew McConaughey owns the weed empire in London, and he's trying to get out of it and retire. He has a potential buyer lined up, and... Hugh Grant's character goes to Charlie Hunnam to warn him that, like, hey, I've got this story. We're going to take him down. You should get out now. Because I don't know what their relationship is. Is weed illegal in the UK? Yes. I guess. Okay. That's my number one question. (laughs) Yes. It is illegal. Gotcha. Okay. Um, It does take place today, so... So I'm assuming it's still illegal. Yeah, it's still legal, I'm guessing. Yeah. I feel like... Um, somebody asked me because their costumes are a little older looking if yeah. it took place in a different time period. But no, they all have cell phones. Like, there's a big side plot where they accidentally kill somebody and these kids take pictures of it and they're like, we can't get busted with this. We need the cell phones. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. So we're playing with modern technology. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, so here's my problem with the gangster comedy I don't get how it gives a writer carte blanche to just be racist homophobic Mm. Mm. interesting because like i I don't care if it's like a it's fast talking that kind of stuff even if it's just kind of jokes here or there yeah but it's just sometimes just mean intent like the guy calls the guy a black cunt damn like it's you know and um the one line that stuck with me about uh henry golden is they were talking about him, his name is Dry Eye, that's his nickname in the movie, and it's totally shot at his eyes because he is Asian, yeah. mm. and there's a line where literally they say, I don't care if the fucker's Japanese, Cantonese, Pekingese, just get him fucking here. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just, it's like... It rubs you the wrong way. It right. does. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, just, I did not expect that, I guess. Who's right. delivering yeah. those lines? Is that McConaughey, or is it just whoever... That was a henchman, okay. like white henchman, like so. Guy stereotypical. You're supposed to hate, like you know, like are you, you're supposed to hate this character anyway. No, or? he's not. He's just a side character. Gotcha. You know, he's not like a hateable guy. Yeah, it's just kind of one. Of, he's a side character. You know, and I like, see. I see. And it's, I don't know. It, what what I don't like about this is in this genre, I feel like they always have to go racist, homophobic dialogue right and also usually a little bit sexist as well that's sure. the one thing this movie didn't do is because that is a weird choice okay yeah. right yeah, i don't know right. like what it's called the gentleman so yes it is about the gentleman but at the same time yeah. like uh michelle dockery's character is the wife of matthew mcconaughey yeah and whenever he has a decision to make they're always consorting with each other they're mm. always talking she runs her own business but she also is a part of his and it's one of those things where it's not like it's a, 
hey, listen here, this is what I'm going to do because I'm the man. It's, what do you think I should do? You know, like that kind of stuff. Gotcha. And so it's a little more, it's not as sexist. It's hashtag woke, but only for gender. For gender, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everything else is like, yeah. I feel like Guy Ritchie was really pent, had like a lot of pent up racism to get out when he was making Aladdin, and then oh my god, <laughs> after Aladdin made a billion dollars, he's just like, you know, what I should do. You know what I need to do. <laughs> While I have this good karma, I'm gonna go the exact opposite. Right, you nearly need to Here neutralize this out. That's yeah. interesting, huh? Because like I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily think he was kind of like an overly PC kind of person, right? Right. So the fact that you're coming back with this movie, the fact that you were kind of like ugh, cringing at it, that's. Man. I just don't care for it in the genre as a whole. Like right, I like sure, a sure. good shoot 'em up or like you know that kind of stuff where yeah. people are just like, oh, I talked to Billy and he did this and blah 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 and like that kind of stuff and like, you know, it's. I want to see that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like it's it's told as a story to Charlie Hunnam, like, hey, this is what I found out. Here's the information, and then it kind of like retells it. Gotcha. Mm, you know mm, what I mean? Mm. Like, there's even a part where he makes a script. For them to read together about a situation, you know? So, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, so it's the characters, Henry Golden and Jeremy Strong are having a conversation, and they're recreating it. It's Hugh Grant's voice and Charlie Hunnam's voice mm, doing the parts for them. Gotcha. So. It kind of like the, um, Carlos Pena, or Carlos Pena, um, I don't know who I'm forgetting the actor's name. But Michael in, Pena? Michael Pena, thank you. Yeah. Carlos Pena was a baseball player. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> Michael Pena in uh, Ant-Man. Yeah, Are you talking like exactly. that kind of trope? Okay, yeah. gotcha, uh, gotcha, okay. gotcha. Which, I mean, like, it works. Which, that was one of my favorite scenes, actually. So. Oh, those right. are fun. Yeah. It's, it's drunk history. You exactly. Know? It's, yeah. it's great. And, yeah, like, sure. it was, it's, um, because Hugh Grant goes all out about it, like, no, 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 you gotta actually put some emphasis into it, have some emotion, like, you know, uh, okay. that kind of stuff. Because okay. he originally just reads it like, yeah, the meeting went poorly. No, 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 do it again. <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it was kind of fun, but um, overall, gentlemen, two out of five. Wow, okay. Ooh, mm. um, machine guns, and not because okay. of the movie itself, it was fine, it's just, I feel dirty after watching it. Gotcha, you know I mean? gotcha. Wow, surprising. Good. It's not a lot of it. It's actually on the tamer side for that. Sure, but just it just left the so. bad taste in your mouth. Right? Yeah, it did. Guy Ritchie's so hit or miss with me. Like, right, he really same. is. Like, I enjoyed Aladdin, but I would not call it a great movie. No, like I don't that. know yeah. if he would either. Like, I mean, I feel like it was just doing yeah. what it was meant to do, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah. He recreated yeah. it slightly. Like, it's a little yes, different, right. but... It's like, they made that movie. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think that's one of those movies, though. There's a lot of notes from the studio. Like, you're yep. totally making it on someone else's terms. You mm-hmm. know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. This one, definitely, he's... Free. Yeah. He's, he's producer, writer, <laughs> Guy Ritchie Unchained. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. But, but I like, will say this. I enjoyed The Man from Uncle from a couple years ago. I think it's oh, under yeah. a scene. Yeah, I think it's a funny buddy cop type movie. Yeah. Um, obviously based on like a spy show from the 60s. And this is fun IP to play with. And then Snatch, which has a lot of racist and sexist things in it. Mm. Uh, Brad Pitt is in it, though. It's um, another movie like Snatch. Yeah. Where it, it it can be done well, but it is, again, Yes, you feel dirty at the end of it. Right. And Snatch, I feel it's, it's re- they really put you in this world. And yeah. it's so, it feels authentic, which okay. might be the difference here. I'm not sure if Matthew McConaughey, is he putting on a British accent here? No. Like, oh, no. He's okay. totally supposed to be American. He just oh, sucks it. up to lords and ladies. Like, okay. he's just that guy. Uh, oh, I okay, guess Brad okay. Pitt is American, too. He's just doing a gypsy accent. But anyway, yeah. it's uh, crazy. Yeah. Cra- yeah. yeah. So anyway, Guy Ritchie, uh, hit or miss guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's by my I will say it's, it is very not, like, long, drawn-out Texas drawl yeah. with uh, McConaughey. It's not his normal accent. But, you know, it's, it's, it's American. You can tell it's American. I see. Okay. So... Uh, Andre, 
You yeah. saw a movie at some point. I did. I am so bad at watching new movies. All I do is watch old ones. And I am mid. I guess I'm two thirds of the way through my watch of the Lord of the Rings trilogy extended edition uh, with my Ooh. lovely girlfriend Jill. Yeah, dude. I, dude, it's okay. So I guess context. I this is the first time I'm sitting down and watching all three of these movies sequentially extended. Basically ever. Okay. Um, obviously... You, you didn't see these as a kid. So, okay. I did... Uh, I watched... Let's see. I watched The Return of the Kings in theaters, like, when it came out. I was... So you age... just skipped to the end. No, no, no. Oh, so, okay. like, and it's, it's, it's yeah. tough, right? Because when that came out, I was, like, nine... Uh, and I kind of, I think I, I think at that point we had the first, we had the Fellowship of the Ring on DVD or whatever. Yeah, it was okay. DVD. And I watched that. I did not watch Two Towers. I know that for a fact. And then I watched Return of the King in theaters because okay, wow. I was like, literally like, oh, we're about to go to this movie. Like we're going to go to the movie theaters to see this. I guess I'll watch, you know. The biggest movie of that year. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then obviously being like, I mean, you absorb a lot of the, the, the overall plot, the right. clip notes from cultural osmosis. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously Lord of the Rings has been like a template for basically all fantasy since mm-hmm. it came out. Uh, oh, yeah. so yeah. And so up until this point, <clears throat> Lord of the Rings is an IP. I, it's, it's something that I've always super respected mm-hmm. and like, it's kind of untouchable because you know, it, it was kind of the, the grandfather of the whole entire genre. Right. But to me, it always felt a little generic because so many other properties had taken so much influence from it that it kind of retroactively dulled Lord of the Rings for me, going back to it, if that because makes any that, sense. Because it wasn't your first experience with exactly. it. Exactly. And that's yeah. not Lord it of the Rings so fault much at all. Yep. Right. At it's, their it's, time, it's because it was so influential. Now, yeah. It's like, okay, yep. like, you know, like I played World of Warcraft and I'm just like, oh, this is like World of Warcraft, but like, you know, slightly more, you know, meh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. So I played WoW and I gotta say, Lord of the Rings is really derivative. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Totally not the Leroy Jenkins I expected. Right, yeah, Leroy I just, Jenkins. I didn't hashtag my Leroy Jenkins. I mean, they could have gotten, yeah, I don't know. He's um, a hero we didn't deserve. <laughs> but the one we need right now. Right. Exactly. And it's like, and I've watched bits and pieces of all the movies, just but with various states of inebriation and stuff like that, because we do drinking games with Lord of the Rings or something like that with my, my college friends and stuff, but whatever. This yeah. is the first time sitting down, actually watching them all in a row. Uh, with my girlfriend Jill, who is an absolute Tolkien head, she pretty much like it's kind of funny watching these movies with her. It's like kind of watching it with the DVD commentary on because she'll just have like <laughs> little like little cliff note things. Oh, you knew like, they did this. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That. Like this is how like specifically the production of yeah. like the sets and stuff like that. And it's been and I love it. Like she's like you can tell me to shut up at any time and like just enjoy the movie. I'm like no, like it adds to the experience. I think. And did she read the books? She did. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. I yep. she. I, th- I could be misquoting her, but I-, I believe she prefers to watch the movies in terms of consuming that media now. Like, not, not to say that that, like, replaces the, the books, right. but, like, she will more readily rewatch the movies than going back to the books because the books are just I remember a I lot. tried to through The Hobbit, and I just couldn't do it. Like, mm-hmm. it's... They're it's, dead. That's the only it's, one yeah. I read, is The Hobbit. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. And I enjoyed it. Um, so I was able to get through it, but yeah, there is yeah. definitely dense chapters in there yep. because there is so much lore that yep. J.R.R. Tolkien puts in there, which Peter Jackson strips, you know, the content a little bit yeah, to definitely. make it better for a movie. Yeah. So I think that's a, I, I think it's a good call by Joe. I mean, like, I think obviously the, the films are one thing. Um, yes. And, and it's like, they're totally distinct pieces of media. I don't Do think. Do you know if she's read the Silmarillion? I... <laughs> I believe she's, again, could be misquoting her, I believe she's read parts of it, but not in the entirety of it. Because if you want to really get into this world, right. apparently that's I'm sorry. the book. Yes. Uh, you gave him a nerd. <laughs> nerd! <laughs> I just know of it. Right, because yeah, right, right. I have 
You doesn't matter. Because <laughs> <laughs> I watch these movies with the director commentary. Yeah. They will reference it at times. But right, right, right. Yeah. So, no, and we also, like, we listen to, she showed me one of her favorite Tolkien podcasts, I believe. Oh, gosh. I'm blanking on the name of it. I'm sorry. Whatever. We'll add in the show notes later or something. But they, months later. <laughs> they, they, uh, they were specifically breaking down, like, scenes of the movie and how they differed from the book. And it's, like, super fascinating how deep, di- like, how, like, oh, like, we don't like this specific line from this person, from this character because. It's they you they didn't use the Anglo-Saxon word like no what was it like no parents should have to bury their child it's like oh they didn't use they 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 used like they didn't use the right Anglo-Saxon um like phrasing of it that Tolkien would have used you know wow. to like and it's like whoa we're going in the weeds on this one yeah anyways yeah. uh super long tangent but whatever uh all all I'll say is that as somebody who's going into this relatively fresh uh these movies hold up really well I think uh I should say I'm I'm through the first two extended edition we are going to watch uh, the Return of the King in the very near future. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's kind of refreshing in a really weird way mm-hmm. to watch like a fantasy, be part of a fantasy world that's not full of ultra violence, it's still pretty violent, but ultra violence and yeah. sex and cursing and shit like right. that. And not to say that I don't usually mind those things, but I feel like Game of Thrones has really kind of shifted the tone of an average fantasy IP is nowadays. It's not as positive as it once was. Right. Like, even in Lord of the Rings, you always felt like there was the character that brought you the happiness. Like, even in its darkest times. Oh, yeah, you're talking there, about Samwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Samwise Ganji. Yeah. yeah, basically. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Game of Thrones definitely ha- definitely doesn't have a Samwise. And Game of Thrones yeah. is a response to Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. Like, right. a lot of the tropes they purposely go against because it's like... As you were saying, a lot of this is established from Lord of the Rings, and George R. R. Martin wanted to change things around exactly. and it surprises readers. So it's yep. in a direct response to that type of uh, storytelling, right? And but because of that, because of how huge Game of Thrones got, it's kind of become not rote, but it's like okay, that's the default now. Is that it's a dark, dark fantasy is now default, right? It's a new it, standard. Yes, yeah. and I, so I it's that. it's yeah. been refreshing to just kind of you know watch him while like you know experience a journey and like that's not going to like. I don't know. It, it's it. It's just fun to watch these characters go on their journey, and it's still emotional when you have those big character scenes like Boromir's death. Uh, I mean, obviously, like like uh, Aragorn, like like uh, mourning the lo- the supposed loss of his of his Hobbit friends. Like, just I don't know. Like, it's it's just a lot of fun to see these actors be in their element because you can yeah. definitely tell that everybody who's in this movie is really going for it because right. it's so huge to them, right? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, acting, obviously, out of this world. Uh, I mean, honestly, the only thing that's kind of unfortunate about it is that some of the the visual effects have aged, like, kind of a lot. Like, it's okay. been 20 years. It I has, mean, which is crazy to me, yeah. man, man, yeah. It's been almost 20 years. Uh, I will say, on the positive note on the VFX, like, like uh, Gollum still holds up really well. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, and that, that's clearly where they f- put most of their focus, the VFX team did, because, mm-hmm. like, Gollum is center stage, like, on screen for a lot of Two Towers, and I'm assuming Return right. of the King. Uh, and just, the, like, the fact that he didn't take me out of the movie, like, oh, man, that looks kind of rough. Like, it was, it's pretty impressive. And obviously, Andy Serkis, this is kind of was, like, his standout first breakout performance, I feel like. Like, this is oh, where yeah. people started paying attention to him as a mocap actor. 100%. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but, I mean, stuff like, stuff like the Ents, like, every every Ent that's not Treebeard looks kind of rough. Uh, the Trolls mm. and the Mines of Moria look kind of rough. And, yeah, just some kind of, I don't know, some sort of obviously green-screened-ish effects kind of happen. It's like, oh, woof, that kind of, like, a little whiplash. But, whatever, those are obviously nitpicks. Um, 
Set design is out of this world. Like the fact that they filmed on location at New Zealand is awesome. You've Mitchell, you've been, you've there. done. Yeah. You're right, you're right, right. I've been I've been to a lot of the scenes where. Well, first off, the tourist <laughs> man, nerd <laughs> in Rotorua. I totally deserve it. Uh, Rotorua, they actually still have the town of Hobbiton that they built for the practical right. set of shooting the exteriors and whatnot. Yeah. And it's it's such a cool experience. They have the Green Dragon, which is the local bar, which they've converted to a real bar. Nice. And after you're done with your tour, you can have some mead or some ale or whatever. It's oh, awesome. Cute. It's yeah. so yeah. cool. Uh, but yeah, it's it's um, it's still a huge point of national pride. You could definitely feel just mm. like this movie was shot here. Uh, like there was a crew that literally spent uh, like over a year building Hobbiton for both the exteriors and all the other things that you would uh, see around that area. And they actually also rebuilt a lot of it for The Hobbit. So when they filmed that trilogy, because they actually tore a lot of it down after the original Lord of the Rings was done. And then when Peter Jackson came back to do the Hobbit trilogy, they had to rebuild a lot of it. Uh, but the Shire is beautiful to go through. And then in Wellington, which is the what I would call the Hollywood of New Zealand, that's where Weta, which is the uh, studio that Peter Jackson owns, they filmed a lot of shots there. And um, I took a tour and <laughs> of going all around the city where they shot different things. And it's fun to know that, yes, there's a lot of CGI and it was groundbreaking for the time. Mm. A lot of the effects, of, especially of showing scale of Gandalf to yeah, the Hobbits, right. a lot of it is forced perspective, yep. which is old school filmmaking. Definitely. And I think it's so cool that I, they it's like know, a, yeah, using that. For sure. Like, and as a small tangent, like, I think, didn't they build like two... Two different versions of Bag End, like Bilbo's home for one yes. for Ian McKellen and one for I forget his name, but the but obviously Bilbo, right? Like right. just to force that, like just to show how towering Gandalf was over yes. Bilbo. Right. It was really just cool, old school filmmaking, and it works really cool. Yeah, really, really cool stuff. Um, yeah, I guess personal, quick, really quick personal thoughts. Uh, so I finished Lord, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, and that's easily the first the film I'm most familiar with because that's the one I've watched kind of the most times, and you know, again, various bits and pieces of it. And it's like kind of that that one is and not to knock on it, but it's like the most kind of I would say box standard is too harsh of a word, but like that is like kind of I was like okay cool like yeah this is a fun movie you know I enjoy myself but glad you know. to hear this because I can't go back and watch it really why yeah. not uh, so well when this came out I was a kid uh, yeah. okay. you know and like we went and saw it in the theaters you too none of us expected it to be a sequel. We we were all used to oh what <laughs> oh what oh you didn't know it's a trilogy we didn't know it was going to be know. a trilogy okay oh. and so it's just one of those movies that like you get to the end and we have seen sequels before yes but each movie is still finally wrapped up where it's like okay good guy wins whatever it's not a continuation oh, story and that, right. that that book ends with Boromir dying or the movie rather ends with Boromir dying and they're just like all right well I guess we're going to continue on and yep. so we left. Pissed. Uh, Absolutely yeah. pissed. Yeah. yeah. And I still have that in my head. That's funny. And I can't go back and watch it, even though now I know, obviously, it's a continuation. That was my first movie <laughs> experience with the continuation That's story. That's really line. funny. You're like, I, I was being, I'm trying to wonder, like, you halfway through, be like, wow, they're taking a really long time to get to this mountain. Right. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what the hell? They get to this mountain and destroy the ring. Yeah. Wait, what? Mm -hmm. To be continued. Fuck this! <laughs> <laughs> I had this a similar experience, different reaction. Okay. Um, we, my, me, my mom, and my stepdad Ralph saw it in DC. We were just happening, happening to be vacationing there. They had both wanted to see it, and I think they both knew it was part of a trilogy. Okay, yeah. They just knew it was a part of a book right. series or whatever. So I'm watching it, and dude, 
where it ends, Fellowship of the Ring, is after this climactic battle, all this emotional payoff is happening, or maybe not even payoff, it's just emotional stuff is happening, and you just hear the groans in the theater. Yeah. It's like, oh, we need more. Right. It wasn't like they were pissed at because the it movie. literally ends. They with just like, wanted more. It literally you know? ends with like with Sam and Frodo like comforting each other as they look on to the journey forward through, yeah, and, and they start walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah they start walking. Like, and you're like, whoa, oh, like, what? Yeah. yeah. And so like four kids at this point, like we were just dropped off by parents, you know, and it was, oh. Wait, what? Wow. My parents weren't there. Nobody's parents were there. I it think was I got primed before. I don't know. Like, I just remember wanting more movie, but yeah. not expecting more movie, if that makes See, sense. See, we, we had no clue. Yeah, that's None rough. of us had any clue. That is rough. I, I, yeah. I don't talk with these guys anymore. Otherwise, I would I would wonder if they feel the same. Yeah. But for me, it's hard for me to go back to that movie. Gotcha. The podcast is called The Prancing Pony. That's the one that we... Prancing oh, that Pony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, yes, that's, where right. they, that's where they meet... Uh, Aragorn, right? Aragorn. Yep. That's it. Cool. Okay. Nice. So there lines yeah. up. Yeah. Um, anyways. Uh, so, yeah. So, again, so I finished uh, Fellowship of the Ring, and then that's the one I'm most familiar with before going into this. I'm like, yeah, okay, that was, right. yeah, that was fun, and I'm yeah. down for more. But I was like, okay, and we took a while to get to the second, like, to get to Two Towers, mm-hmm. and then, like, finally, like, okay, it's time, we have an afternoon, let's start watching the Two Towers. Um, and I kind of found myself asking Joe more questions about like, oh, okay, it's so like, where's this location in relation to here, you know? Right. Like, I was just like, where's Rohan in, in relation to Gondor, in relation to Mordor as blah, blah, blah. Well, and a map. It, exactly, right. Well, I'm, I'm, and then that's kind of where I found myself invested enough to build my own mental map of Middle-earth, nice. and that was kind of, the last time I had done that was, was Game of Thrones, really, with, yeah. a, with a fantasy, fantasy series, right? Sure. Uh, so that's kind of like where... I kind of realized, like, okay, yeah, obviously, there's still a lot of magic in yeah. this in this story, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't know, I would say Two Towers, personally, if you're going to, like, I, right now, that's currently my favorite of the two, mm-hmm. uh, just because I, I think it has a little bit more interesting, has a little, little bit more stuff going on. I love the whole subplot with Rohan, uh, even though, like, Skyrim totally just pulled so much from Rohan, basically, like the the like that kind of aesthetic. Spoilers: I'm only like half an hour into Skyrim. So. Yeah, well, you know, you kind of. How many hours is it? I, just, <laughs> I don't know. Like uh, hours and yeah. hours and hours. I know it's a big game. It's like yeah. twenty. It's like twenty hours if you burned through it, but it could be hundreds. I don't know. Whatever. But, yeah. yeah, like if you don't do any side quests or anything oh like that. My but that's God. The thing. But it's so it's so funny how much Skyrim, Elder Scrolls in general, just pulled straight from Tolkien. Like so much. Um... And yeah, and then obviously, and then honestly, like the Battle of Helm's Deep, like it's legendary for a reason. Like that did not <laughs> when like when the battle was about to start, and I and like and Jill's like, oh yeah, we got about like fifty minutes left. I'm like, oh my god, what? How is that gonna get? How right. how are we gonna get through fifty minutes of just battling? And it didn't feel like that. It felt because snappy. they're telling a story. Yeah, like right, it is yeah. the right. best example of storytelling through fight sequences. Exactly, it's so well done. Right. Yeah, it makes me kind of wish that. Maybe the MCU could have somehow pulled that off a little bit better with a final fight. Like, like yeah. imagine if Endgame had a 50-minute fight scene that didn't feel like that. You know what I mean? Right. I couldn't imagine an MCU movie pulling that kind of thing off. Well, Endgame, like, almost did, right? Like, it, the, that last battle with Thanos took a long time, but it, it also did, dragged. But it, but it dragged, though. <laughs> right. Like dragged that, I did even feel, even with all that emotional stuff going on, I was like, oh, okay, we've been here for a while. You yeah. know, I did not feel that way with Helm's You have those different yeah. beats that are like, oh, yeah, I'm back invested, but then right. it's like, right. okay, why are we doing this it's, part? Yeah, uh, right, right. It's like, oh, oh cool. Oh, okay, all right, and kind of glaze over a little bit, right? Not to yeah. shit on Endgame. Endgame is fantastic. I li- like it's fun, but Endgame, but, yeah. but it's but, on a lot of our best of 2019. Like, sure, it's right. not meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I finished Helm's Deep. Well, we like we finished the movie, and I was like, oh, that wow, okay, that was it. Like, man, okay, 
that 50 was really, minutes, but it's 50 minutes that go quickly. It was, yeah, it was exactly the right length, ex- yeah. even with the extended edition, right. right? I would say some of the extended scenes, like you can definitely tell, like, oh, yeah, this was definitely extended, was not in the theatrical cut. I can feel that. It's still fun, and Does I like the... Does it look unfinished? No, 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 or... no. It doesn't look unfinished. It's more like a, oh, like, we are... Uh, like, there's, like, a flashback with Bormir and his brother that, oh. like, we're, like, they're hanging out in Gondor a little bit. I'm like, this definitely yeah. feels like... cut. This was... This was definitely cut, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Not in terms of, like, visual, but, like, just story, like, narrative-wise, but Helm's Deep didn't have any of that, you know? Okay. Like, it was all killer, no filler. It sounds like you're all enjoying killer, no filler. Uh, I'm having a good time of it, yeah, yeah. I'm having a good time. What would you give ranking-wise? It's tough. Rating-wise? It, it is tough to put down, put it, uh, like, down a specific uh, rank, I guess. Mm-hmm. I would say, uh, let's give Fellowship for, um, let's say, four scary Bilbos out of five. Um, <laughs> scary, scary Bilbo. Yeah. That scared the crap out of me as a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. scared the crap out of me as an adult. <laughs> and then um, I'll give uh, two towers, uh, four and a half tree beards out of five. Nice. Yeah. Two towers, is my favorite one. Yeah, yeah, but cool. it's all close. It's all it's all close exactly. Yeah, and like and giving close. these like a number is kind of irrelevant because like these movies. With the nice thing, I can the number one thing I take away is that these movies to me are probably going to be timeless for a really long time because yeah. I'm enjoying myself a lot now. There's a lot of love and effort into it, and they, it just it still stands the test of time. Right Definitely now. Yeah. glad yeah. glad to be more invested in the. Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Wait to hear about your thoughts on Return of the King now that you watch it with the sequels or the uh, previous movies in mind. Yeah, you right, know? right. Now that I'm not just a nine-year-old being like, there's a lot of stuff happening and I have no <laughs> idea. I just want to go back home and watch Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, literally, that's yeah, what I was thinking. Yeah, I was yeah. like, this isn't Yu-Gi-Oh! I just, I want to go home and <laughs> watch Where's some of Where's the blue eyes white dragon? Right, like, well, look, I'm in the middle of Battle City arc. Man, I want to find out what happens to that. I don't care about this Aragorn dude. Whatever. <laughs> oh, man, that's a reference I didn't understand. <laughs> Some more Yu-Gi-Oh nerds out there, Nerd. you know. <laughs> a lot of nerd alerts in this Not podcast. Alert, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Saw that coming, but uh, yeah. So yeah. I feel like we're not done with it, though. No, but okay. Well, mine's on a nerd thing. No, no, no. no yeah. I wasn't even calling you out. Oh, I, I get to release my musical theater nerd later. Oh, Ooh, oh that's awesome. right. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. So okay. yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that, I'm calling out myself. So fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Mitchell, you have seen a lot. What are you going to choose? Yeah, so I've seen a lot, and all the movies I'm about to say out loud, I definitely recommend to people. 1917, yeah. worth the hype, right? Okay. So Roger Deakins does it again as a, the director of photography here. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to look like it's all one shot. I know a lot of film bros love geeking out on that, and the technical part of it is awesome. Is, is awesome. It's very awesome. But I love it in this case because it actually adds to the story. Okay. So nice. it serves the story, and... and um, I thought the acting was fantastic. It's as incredibly heartbreaking at times. It's uplifting. It's everything a war movie tends to be. Right. Um, and it's just done at a fantastically high level. So uh, it's a top ten movie for me. Not top five, but still really uh, well worth the watch. It's probably going to win Best Picture. Uh, I don't know. It just feels like a Best Picture movie for the mm-hmm. Oscars. Uh, so 1917 for sure. Little Women. A lot of uh, a lot of folks on Twitter definitely been hyping this movie up. They mm-hmm. want Greta Gerwig to get a Best Director nomination. I absolutely fucking 100% agree. Uh, this is her follow-up to Lee. And she also wrote this movie as well. And she's adapting it from a classic novel. And what she does as a screenwriter, and she did get it um, nominated for Adapted Screenplay. Fingers crossed she'll win. She reorders a lot of the sequences in the book because the book is all chronological and this is not a spoiler at all. In the film, 
she reorders everything to match more thematically, more mm-hmm. so than plot-wise. Okay. And it is that mastery of tone and storytelling that's a lot of big moments in the film. And Greta Gerwig had her fingerprints over it, and I think it's a costume drama that might be derivative of it. But it's an amazing movie. Everyone should watch it. Um, but the movie I'm going to talk about today okay. is Uncut Gems. Oh, boy. Because if Twitter had another movie that it was pissed about not getting uh, the love from the Oscars that it deserved, mm. it was Uncut Gems. Um, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler blew me away. Dude, the dude can act. Yeah. me away. And like, I'll say this. I have seen him in pretty dramatic roles before and Punch Truck Love is the number one thing that comes to mind working with a massive director and Paul Thomas Anderson in that one Um, but this movie is more than dramatic it asks for him to you know pull into his funny bone um, and really you know just carry the movie Uh, for what a lot of people say about Joaquin Phoenix and Joker Mm -hmm. which is he is in every frame you know, he is the emotional core to this thing, and he does the heavy lifting of carrying the entire film. Adam Sandler does the same thing in Uncut Gems. Wow. In Uncut Gems, he is in this, and I feel like this is a role that was tailor-made for him, and the Safdie yeah. brothers did write the role with him in mind 10 years ago. Wow. So it took them a very long time, one, to get the cred to be directors who could approach Adam Sandler for right. a film, and sure enough, ended up working out. So... Uh, his his role, for those who don't know, Uncut Gems is set in New York City back in about 19, or 19, 2012. And Adam Sandler plays a jeweler um, mm-hmm. who works in Diamond Row. And he is uh, a really shady guy. I'll say that. So he gets a lot of his diamonds from um, mm-hmm. really, you know, like you want to talk about blood diamonds, this guy is all about that. Okay. And uh, the Uncut Gem the physical one, because really Adam Sandler himself is the uncut gem here. But the, I see what you did there. Oh, yes. Okay, but nice. the actual the actual uncut gem is from Ethiopia, dug up by black Jews as he's presenting this rock to Kevin Garnett, who okay. is amazing by the way. Well yeah, movie. he pulls it off. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. So I'll get to him a little bit later. But this uncut gem is the uh, MacGuffin of this entire movie, okay. and um, it's what it's named after. So uh, he gets into, basically he presents this to Kevin Garnett, and he says, KG, this is my next million dollar sale. It's just like a billion carats or whatever. It's the greatest piece of stone that I've ever gotten, and it took me 18 months to get it. And KG is just holding this. He's mesmerized by this. There's a great scene where he's looking into the stone and he has this trippy flashback of his life. And he's <laughs> like, I need to have this. Because in this film, he's playing in the Eastern uh, Conference Finals okay. against the Philadelphia Sixers, the 76ers. Okay. And uh, he's like, I need this for tonight. Sure enough, it's Kevin Garnett. You can't say no. Right. He takes the stone for free. He takes it for free. He's like, I'm going to get get it back to you by Friday. And that's where this whole thing sets off. So, so, uh, he is Adam Sandler, not only, uh, deals a lot of jewelry, he also bets a shit ton of money Mm. on sports. Sounds about right. So what Kevin Garnett left as collateral for this uncut gem was his 2008 championship Celtics ring. So he leaves it with Adam Sandler and he immediately pawns it so he can get money to bet on the Celtics that night because Kevin Garnett has a stone. He's like, KG ain't losing. And that is basically the entire movie over and over again. Adam Sandler gets himself into a position where he is he has money, he has something worth holding on to, 
and he places a bet on it. Oh, and he man. keeps upping the stakes over I'm and I'm getting over anxious again. just thinking about it. it oh is my a, god. It is a two hour anxiety trip. Oh boy. And it is I'm on board. Masterful directing. Um yeah. it's it's great acting from Adam Sandler. And here is my shout out to Kevin Garnett. It is incredibly hard, or at least from what I've seen. It's incredibly hard for famous people to play themselves yeah. on camera because uh, yes. a lot of times these guys will come out wooden. Mm-hmm. They're Dude, just trying to deliver the line. Not to right. not to not to change it, but have you seen those NBA 2K clips from the sto- like the story mode? Oh, it's so bad. Oh, I got so bad. A lot of them, it's like, oh, here's Donovan Mitchell. Hey, what's up? Hey, uh, what's up? It's me, known NBA player Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, it's just like it's rough. Yeah, and I'm not even sure if Donnie is in 2K, but <laughs> right, right, no, but no, sorry, I just love Donovan Mitchell. Sorry, man. Sorry, Donnie. Um, it's just because he's your favorite. Yeah, I love Donovan Mitchell. I know you of, do. Because my name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because of my name. Uh, he plays a lot like Dwayne Wade. I don't know. He reminds me of a young D Wade. Mm. Um, but anyway, Kevin Garnett comes onto the scene, and he has the charisma that you would expect from a guy like him. Uh, he dominates the room that he's in just because of how tall he is, especially mm-hmm. in the jewelry scenes where he's in the store. And I'll say this, one of the tensest moments in the film, it's not about Adam Sandler placing a bet. It's not when he has a mob boss with a gun waving in his face. Okay. It's when he's trying to get Kevin Garnett and his crew into this jewelry store, which is, you know, it has like a magnetic door because there's a lot of very expensive jewelry in there. You have to hit a button to let them in. Um, for whatever reason, the door was not working and they, for like a couple minutes are just scrambling to try and get this door to open and it's everything cutting from the music from KG yelling at him and KG's so fucking big in this cage. It is incredible filmmaking and my heart was pumping the most probably from that scene than any other time in the movie. Um, Kelly could tell you how much I was squirming in my seat in that particular scene because I thought KG was going to lose it. Anyway, so Kevin Garnett uh, delivers an amazing performance, and the scene where we're together, because you see Adam Sandler go through all this stuff, he's a shitty guy, you're not rooting for him. You're okay, not rooting yeah. for him at all in this movie. You just want for him to get out of it alive. So you're not necessarily rooting for him to succeed, you just mm. want him to live. <laughs> and <laughs> there's a scene where he basically puts out his uh, whole thesis on life to Kevin Garnett. He's just like you know what, what people think of me when I'm putting uh, bets on this shit, I want to win big. And he's like, KG, do you want to win by one or do you want to win by 30? You know, this is how I win. And he's just like, which is like the big that's been getting a lot of buzz. Anyway, I can't talk enough about this movie. Mm. Should Adam Sandler have been nominated for Best Actor? Absolutely. I'm not sure who you cut, but I would have to look through the list again. I'm not sure who's on You just add an additional spot. Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, Adam Sandler should totally be recognized for this. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think maybe not the Safdie Brothers for Best Director, but I think absolutely it should be for Best Picture. And what not a lot of people are talking about him, I really think... I really think this movie is going to be shown at film schools for editing. I don't know how you get any of these guys. Who are the guys? Uh, Adam Driver, Marriage Story. Nope. Antonio Banderas, Pain and Glory. I haven't seen which it. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen it, it yeah. but I, I've just heard yeah, great I heard things great. because yep. of him, too. he's a movie star. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Leo for oh, Once Upon a Time. So good. Yep. yep. Uh, Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Take him out! 
Jonathan Price, you're out. God, you're oh, out of here. You're, you're out. You're oh, done, okay. son. You're have done. Have I seen the two popes? No. And but I have <laughs> seen uncut gems. And of course, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, he's going to win. Joker doesn't have an Adam Sandler. Get Joaquin Phoenix out of there. <laughs> Get that guy out of here. Um, it's a crowded Sorry, field. Jonathan Price. See ya. It's a, it's a crowded field. I get it. Just Those put are all best actress. They're great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a whole oh, other set of problems. Um, so, anyway, best editing. They've done it for director. I think best editing for. Yeah, seriously. For for 1917, <laughs> for 1917, for it being a spectacle of long takes, yeah. this is a masterclass in showing you how cutting a film can actually drive narrative and build tension and drama. I, I have to go see this fucking movie. Yes. I did too. You've sold me on this. I just, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to give this film, it. by the way, um, my number three film of the year, um, I'm giving it four and a half. Boston Celtics championship rings. Nice. There we go. All right. Okay. You need to see this movie. You need yes. to see this movie. I need to see it. I really want. I will yeah. say this: all the uh, people that I know who have watched it and did not like it, it is because they felt that they were having a heart attack for two hours. And right. I could yeah. see coming out of the movie like I. I could see someone not enjoying that kind of premise. Oh yeah. Anxiety attack. It is, like, uh, and I'll argue that's what makes the movie so effective. I'm glad like, I haven't seen it like a day before going into work or something like right. that. Right. That, I feel that, like I'm exactly, just exhausted. That's from literally it. like it kind of came out of like I was like, ah oh, man, yeah. I would. I didn't. I, it can't come out of a time where I was not in the mood to be super anxious. We'll say yeah, that. Yeah. And it's like, uh, that's why yeah. I kind of slipped me by a little bit. But and, and I'll, I'll say this: I watched this in Brooklyn, and it was a packed theater. Which yeah. is awesome. And yeah. by the way, if you've never been to an Alamo Draft House, oh, do yourself Alamo a Draft favor. House. Do Best. yourself the favor and go to one if there's somewhere uh, a theater near you. But it is a great experience. Everyone was reacting to the same stuff on screen. It just felt like a great communal experience watching this movie. Dude, that's awesome. And it wasn't Star Wars. You know, it was just like a small, oh, smaller indie movie. I wish I saw that instead and, of Star Wars. Yeah, and even more so, <laughs> like I saw Hobbs and Shaw after the bachelor party. Yeah, at an Alamo Draft House. Oh yeah, and it was phenomenal because not only is it just a great experience overall. Yeah, great, but, fantastic movie, right? Well, no, no, no not <laughs> I'm that kidding, movie. Yeah. But before the movie, they did like a basis. Let's run through the first eight Fast and the Furious movies, just oh. in case you haven't seen it. Yeah. And who the hell Hobbs and Shaw are? Mm, and exactly. like everybody likes Shaw now, even though he killed Han and R.I.P. Han. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> it was just great. And though. that is made in house at Alamo, right? Yeah. like that is. Oh, a, it's totally for Alamo Draft House by Alamo Draft House, yes. and it makes it so much better. And I've seen two films there, and they change it up every time. Like before right. they hit previews, they have all yep. these cool, very specific things. When I saw 1917, one of the things that they played was a short film made in 1917 and that oh, nice. was a very oh, loose cool. tie into the movie they yeah. did they did oh, a yeah. scene like the most intense scene from bullet before yes. hobbs and shaw and they <laughs> like showed it ahead of time and it was just like this just gets me pumped let's yeah. go action movies yeah right it's so i don't know it's it's a fun experience they have beer and all that kind of stuff but yeah. i did they have beer they have oh. beer well, my, my local AMC does not have beer, damn it. definitely don't. I have right. to sneak that shit in along with my cocaine, okay? Like, right, I only should rough. be sneaking in one of one those of things. Those. Right, for sure. And that, of course, is the beer. So, yes. Skittles? <laughs> Skittles. <laughs> oh, you wait. put the cocaine in the Skittles. <laughs> yeah, my jeez. What are we, fucking 14 years old? Sorry. Wow. Okay. Right. Gosh dang. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I haven't had my coke in a while. Yeah, okay. I, get, I get it. I get it. I get it. Four and a half Boston Celtics championship rings. Mike, there is a movie. Hey, that we need to talk about. There is there a movie is. we need right to talk now. about. The, the, uh, we the do not need to talk room. about it right now. No, we definitely we do. do. How are there so many people in this movie? <laughs> so let's get it started. It is a podcast, after all, that talks about bad movies. Indeed. Or should I say a podcast? Oh, wow. Okay. I have been sitting on that joke 
Let's go! Wow. Okay, so we agreed. I, I, I rushed here after work. Yeah. Like, it was an inconvenience. I just think... um, You didn't need to rush. I rushed. No, you I... You did not need to rush. So, so, so that's on you. Yeah, clearly that joke made me realize I did not need to rush. No, definitely not. I could I... until that joke was said. I don't know what I'm doing here anymore. Yeah, really. how do you feel, Andre? Not great, honestly. I think, Mike, I think you're, you're going to have to play a game of where the hell are my co-hosts. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to play a game of somebody's losing the next challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to see Doolittle or some other oh, shit. Fuck oh, fuck Doolittle. No. no. Is Doolittle better than cats? Mm. <laughs> they both have talking animals. They, they both, definitely do. They both are terrible on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, mm. they don't look good. Um, so One of them had to be patched halfway through. Okay, real quick. Did you watch the <laughs> patched or unpatched patched. version? Damn it! Okay. Yes, because it, it was like it was patched opening the night. Of. You're right. Yeah, because yeah. you had and they finished right. it like hours before, right? No, they, they were doing it before it, everything like that, uh, and they did some after. Oh, they did some after. Yes. Oh, jeez. So, so what was the patch stuff like specifically? Uh, who knows? Because it didn't make it. Apparently, apparently, <laughs> uh, what I heard was that <laughs> what I heard that ca- that CGI models were clipping through walls. It literally sounds like a video game. Like this is what happens in video games all the time. You yep. push out a, a game for release that's broken as shit, and they're like, "Okay, wait for our day one patch. They'll fix all the bugs." Yep. It's literally that before a movie. Yep. Movies are video games now. It's great. So I have a list of thoughts. Um, I have Mm. three positives. Jesus, that's a long list. That's a long list. (laughs) I have three positives. That's more than I thought you would have, honestly. And 16 negatives. Okay. All right, that's not a good ratio. Not a great ratio. So, are we going to go through the positives or the negatives first? Positives, go. Yeah, yeah, Positives, okay. Uh, The singing is on point. Okay, great. Because they're all great, talented singers. Um, There's one person I have a, a, a disagreement about, but I am willing to forgive her. It is Dame Judi Dench. She is also... Old as shit. Sure. <laughs> wow. Okay. I love her to death. She's old as shit. Apparently, they didn't render her cat fur Damn. on her hands in the first version. That's why uh, I wanted. I wanted to see. I want to see human hands. G- G- she did still there. have her wedding ring on too. Oh, in the did she? Unpatched version oh, right, or the right, patched right. version that we got. Whatever. Yeah. Um, with all due respect. With all due she's respect. Old as shit. <laughs> with all due respect. Oh no! But she's old as shit. It's not. <laughs> she can't sing no more. Her vocal cords are wrinkled as shit. And it wasn't even like, like it was what? bad. It's yeah. just it's not as on par with sure, everybody sure, else sure. that's in this movie. Yeah. You know, okay. and, and Ian McKellen also probably. Don't talk shit about Ian McKellen, all right? Ooh. Also old. He was old in Lord of the Rings, He was too. old in Lord of the Rings, wow. right? Also old, old so I don't hold... Gandalf the White. Are you I don't hold me? this against either of them. So uh-huh. please, just don't take it that way. It's just when you're in a movie with freaking Taylor Swift, Jennifer Hudson, sure, and like right. all these other singers, like... Yeah, it's it's, you're going to stand out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's not like it's bad. It's not uh, the freaking Russell Crowe and Les Mis. Mm. You know, it's not that bad. It's just, okay, they're a step down. Yep. They're still high level. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Hudson mm-hmm. is a goddess. Yes. She is outstanding in this movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. No matter what happens. No story. matter what happens. Um, yes. And the CGI cat hair is good. The cat, like specifically like the, the hair. hair. Yeah, the, the hair, hair is good. Like it's it's very like it's out there, you know. Like, like you could see the there's singular strands. Yeah, okay, exactly. So, but you so the CGI did not take you out of the movie then, or no? Was it just, uh, that's uh, not the that's not what I'm saying. Okay, all right. Okay. I am saying the CGI cat hair was good. good. Monsters Inc.'s hair was good. Right. Yeah. Like Sully's yeah. hair was really that great. Was like 2003? Exactly. 2004. 2004. 2004. Yeah, okay. yeah. 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 Sixteen years ago. Yeah. <laughs> On to the negatives. Oh, Here boy. we go. So well. 
before we get started with that, I am a musical theater nerd. I love musical theater. Nerd. I never have seen Cats. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because I don't like cats personally, even though we live with one Aww, that is adorable I and likable. Hmm. Um, lie like carpet. Lie like carpet. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not lying like carpet. You would, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I oh, actually, I hate cats. I'm telling the truth. <laughs> I put up with our cat. Our cat is fine. Good. Um, the story about cats is always supposed, it was supposed to be vignettes. You get scene, 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 scene of a different cat. So it's the idea is these uh, jellical cats gather one night a year, where somebody gets sent to the heavenside lair. Um, cool. Tight. So they get like one of their nine lives back. Is that literally like that's no? How they, are they playing with that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. They right. get a new start. Whatever they may want. Right. It sounds like very like life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, for example, if you wanted to become like, a human. It's, oh, you can choose. You can choose? It's room, yeah, it's it's whatever you want for your life. Oh. Uh, what are the mechanics of this? Like, do you just become an adult man, like a human, right away, or well, what? Or do you just get reborn as a? Are they going with like a? Here's more, the thing. Yeah, we don't know. Oh, oh that's where they get you. Yeah, right. Um, so <laughs> gotta each... find out in Cats too. <laughs> for the love of God. Each vignette. Is a different cat. Sing, they get to sing a song in front of Old Deuteronomy, who is played by Dame De- Judy Dench. Okay. Oh, okay. She chooses a winner. They get whatever they want or whatever it is. What's is the this? metrics on which the cats win? Is it just coolest just, song? It, it's a song about your life, and she chooses based on that. Oh, so it's like American Idol, but to live. Or to <laughs> no, go to not the next to live, life. I think but more to, the, go to, the to get to whatever you want. I'm thinking okay, more of the Rick and Morty episode with the giant talking planet heads. The show Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Boo, not cool. Yeah, there. Yes. Okay. Um, get Swifty. Yeah, the Get Swifty episode, you're right, exactly, iconic. Is there a Get Swifty song in this movie? There is a song with singing cockroaches and mice. Yeah, but Dan enough. Harmon singing. Right. <laughs> oh my god, CG. I'm just imagining C- Nightmare CG. <laughs> imagining Nightmare CGI Dan Harmon in a cat suit, and it's just, I will not sleep tonight. Thank you for that. Um, so okay. they get to sing their song. Old Deuteronomy chooses a winner. The ideal is Idris Elba is oh. getting rid of the cats one by one, so he has no competition for the contest. Oh. I see. So he can win and whatever he wants, and I can't remember. All he the sounds top like of the head. good guy in the story, he's right? The yeah, bad guy. Yeah, I'll be rooting for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wait, you're gonna kill all these things? Oh please. yes, please. What <laughs> I will point out that it's kind of accidental, not on purpose, but it's just one of those things that stuck out with me is that all of the bad cats, or not all of them, but the two bad cats were of African American descent, Ooh, and that rough. is something that stuck out to me. Ouch. Well, who's the other one? Uh, Jennifer Hudson is seen as an outcast. But not like a bad cat. She, so, Idris Elba's character is named McCavity. Um, <laughs> Alright. She... Andrew Lloyd Webber, yes! <laughs> she was a famous singer at the Cat Club, and then she just kind of, like, hitched her wagon to Idris Elba and got uh. blacklisted by the rest of the cats. Oh. But lots of them did, and hmm. none of them were really blacklisted, and it was... No, she sings it, so... So she sings it with the other cat who I need to look at. Oh, there's up. another cat. Well, there's a bunch of cats. How many oh. fucking cats are in this movie? How many cats do I need to kill in this movie? <laughs> right. So, yes. Yeah, point. <laughs> uh, also, are there any other anthropomorphic animals in this movie? There is anthropomorphic mice. 
Okay. What about dogs? There's no dogs. Oh, what a good boy. As, <laughs> as the last song. That's the real sequel, Dogs. Dogs? Oh, Puppy Pilot. Puppy she, Pilot. She saves everyone. There's mm. also no uh, <laughs> no Jason Derulo junk, uh, if you've ever heard the... Uh, oh, I heard, yeah. yeah. What? So they all got Ken dolled, Barbie dolled, like, oh, sure. eaten, right, bottoms. Sure. And... Um, Jason Derulo took it especially hard and started like a conversation about the fact that he has ginormous junk and they couldn't. God damn it! Why do you guys say that? Yeah, like what? Well, I You're guess welcome. Jason Derulo has not been relevant in quite some time. He just uh, really wants people to know how big his junk is. Yeah, you guys gonna watch this movie? It's gonna look like I have no junk. Trust me, I do have junk. Okay, it's huge. <laughs> it is actually like a really good singing job, and it's yeah. the first time I've ever heard him sing a song without saying his own name. No, Jason yeah, right. Derulo. Yeah. But he plays Run Tom Tugger. This better. <laughs> <laughs> Does he say known. that name? No, he song. Uh, 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 yes. Oh, yes. That, see, You know what? Okay. Now thinking about it, yeah, he says Rum Tum Tugger. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's his, his name, Rum Tum Tugger. You're welcome. That's, that's, a, names, that's a kitty cat. Yeah, name. that's a name. You know, I'm, 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 there's I'm Demeter so. and were all, these cats, like, were all these cats like domestic? Were any of the cats domesticated? Like well, in their so prior the, life or the whatever. Beginning of the movie, they're they're all like. um Rebel Wilson was. There's a few others that okay. are. The beginning of the movie, this one gets dropped off, um, which okay. I think is Francesca Hayward. So can... this, is, by the way, just yeah, going I back to your her. vignette note, yes. this movie is still vignettes. Yes, like it's no... still okay. vignettes. You still, one at a time, hear songs. Okay, got it. So you go to Rebel Wilson, you go to James Corden, you go to the Stealing Cats. So outside of memory, is there any song of note that you would spotlight? That you say, hey, this is a good song that you could listen to without watching this movie. No. That is an anguished wow. face. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say. Like, like, I'm like your to face think. says it all. The the song that... um, Because uh, I do like movie musicals a lot. Fucking I really magical do. Mr. Mistopheles gets stuck <laughs> in my head. Oh, yeah. So Mr. Yep. Mistopheles is a magic cat. Magic cat. Magic cat. So, little like, magic cat. Ooh, little magic, little wizard cat. So McCavity steals old Deuteronomy... And they all rely on Mr. Mistopheles, the magic cat, to bring her back. Uh-huh. And so it's like, oh, well, I never was there ever a cat so clever as magical Mr. Mistopheles. And it just gets stuck in my head because they repeat that line like over and over and over again. Can I just say I'm so happy that we have required you to have encyclopedic knowledge of all these dumbass yes. cat names. I'm yeah. very happy about that. Oh, I'm on IMDb. Oh, okay. Well, you know. <laughs> and you never saw Cats, the musical. Right. I never saw Cats the Musical. Le- okay. So, I have sang one song from Cats okay. at musical theater camp because... Nerd? Nerd! 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 Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So on to my negatives, now that we know. Wait. Wait, wait. What? <laughs> we haven't done... No, we, we, have we haven't touched my negatives. Oh, all right. We got to get through God. these yeah. negatives. Let's, Let's go. Um, well, you were right. Jennifer Hudson does win. What she wants is hey, nice. she wants to feel I'm a part of to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cheers. Thanks, um, what she wants is she wants to feel a part of everybody again because she got blacklisted. Uh, okay, okay. So that was the thing. Um, Wait, so she just comes back as herself? So no, no, no. So Francesca Hayward's cat becomes friends with her. Gotcha. And just kind of says like, why can't she be loved by everybody? She sings her song, and Old Deuteronomy is like, you've suffered. You're the winner. And then they fly her off in this magical balloon, and that's the end of the movie. 
So, to rejoin all the other cats and get a new life, they send her off in a balloon alone by herself. Tears. Okay. Tears. Emotional. I'm emotional just thinking about it. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I gotta, I gotta wait. Is to it watch weird that I have a boner right now? What the hell? <laughs> they have Mitchell. I uh, congrats, you are a furry. <laughs> Sick. Sick. Um, nice. One of the first notes I have: random clothes items. Some are wearing like fur coats. I saw a gif oh, of wait. one coat made out of what? Yeah, right. Deuteronomy oh, wears no. a fur coat. There's uh, two that have sneakers for break dancing. There's because one that wears suspenders. Yeah. Were they like? Sponsored sneakers was like Nike paid for that, or uh, as far as I could tell, they were pretty blank. Generic. Yeah, okay. generic. Sick. Where um, Air Jordans, like what? So back to <laughs> back to the CGI cat hair while Mitchell chokes on his beer. Um, the cat hair was blended in nicely until you got to this one cat that had like these eyebrows that were just. Boom, dude! Like, I, that's what I'm from all these trailers, like it is just Uncanny Valley Central for yeah. me, at least. Like it looks so. One weird. cat had a gold tooth. Cool. Was he a pimp? Uh, it was a, a she. Oh. And she was supposed I'm to be like the muscle. Right. She was supposed to be like the muscle. Oh. Muscle, okay. Yeah. That's how you know. That's how you know. Right, the gold yeah. tooth. That was yeah. like, oh, this is the muscle cat. Um, one thing cat. I ha- argue with with um, musical theater stuff. Yeah. Is. I always feel like when they have like dance showdowns, they make it ballet versus everything else. Like it just needs oh, to appear superior. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's a really good note. And yeah. so, like our first cat, that's supposed to be like the heroine of the film, um, it she does ballet, and so like it would be this one part where it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this cool jazz move, blah blah blah, blah. and then she comes in and she's like, yeah, pirouette. Pirouettes. <laughs> and is that supposed to be superior? The pirouetting? That's what it feels like, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's necessarily what they wanted, but it's definitely comes across that way. Okay. Um, again, white savior plot, because oh, she is a white cat saving Jennifer Hudson, and who's very, yeah. Yeah. She's a black cat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. right. Stands out um, a little bit like, eh, weird. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um, there's actual awkward sexualness. Um, lots of. Like, I was just about to ask. Are you cats a- can fuck? Yeah. Right? Cat- all right. Also, yes. also, are you a furry now? Like this is no. I'm not a furry. Either. No. It turns out I am. Turns out Mitchell. Turns out yeah, Mitchell right. is. I have embraced this part of my life. Right. 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 Yes. I just. I don't know. I just wanted to know. Uh, the CGI feet. Because <laughs> they- oh, so you're a foot guy now. Got it. So they. <laughs> they- so is Quentin Tarantino. So, right, Quentin Tarantino. You're in good company. <laughs> so what? No, this is my <laughs> note about CGI feet. Um, <laughs> assuming they are doing this stuff on a soundstage. They're probably wearing shoes. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right, yep. right. 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 So why do the CGI feet still look human-like? Uh, they did it on purpose. Yeah. Uh, so that was an artistic. De- wow, that's a good point. That's an artistic decision. I'm like, no, we're gonna keep the human feet. Yep. Yeah. Oh God, what? Yeah. Like if they took cat feet and they, like they have like human hands, which is fine if they like made it look a little cat-like. Like I don't care about that. But the problem is they just it was like it's just bare the CGI feet. stopped here. Oh wow! And, and they, they were hands. like hands, which I get. Isn't that accurate to the costuming from the Broadway musical? Oh, Unless, that could be. I, no. I'm not sure if that's uh, uh maybe. I, I've never the seen thing it. Is, is that maybe I, I like... thought they wore like. Gloves. gloves or something yeah. like that oh looked a little God. like I don't know I'm really just trying to defend this movie in some way <laughs> yeah right <laughs> again I, I haven't yeah. seen the actual stage musical so I can't say but I gotcha. would think yeah. they would wear some kind of gloves uh, so then right. it just more so than anything doesn't stand out yeah but I don't know okay mm. 
Um, the opening, they did a lot of disorientation and like, yeah, it was part of it, but at the same time, it was just like, oh, what the hell? I feel like I just got uh, vertigo. Got it. Right. You know, um, dancing faced cockroaches and mice. Okay, so I saw a GIF. The only, that's the only thing I've seen in this movie besides the initial trailer was a GIF of Rebel Wilson, like 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 a machine coming off and taking off her skin and revealing a new dress underneath, Wait, and then a bunch of marching marching cockroaches. Yep, that was nightmare fuel from those twenty seconds. Yep. I was like, oh, wait, time fuck? out. Yeah, you made so, me see this. But movie. cats don't shed. No, they don't. Like, or at least not like a snake. No, 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 no. But she, she had, had like a. Uh, like a one sparkly one-piece thing right. that was just like, like, like on. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she threw but, her but skin she, off. She threw her skin, oh, she threw her skin off. That's right. She 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 literally zipped down the middle of her chest and Zip threw, threw off her skin to reveal another set of skin with a one-piece dress underneath. I can see how that works on Broadway, but not in a movie. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, it's the thing. Like They're trying to go for like, it was yeah. a very Broadway-style thing, yeah. but because they decided to do the Uncanny Valley CGI monsterness, it looks fucking weird. Why did they do wow. that? And then my final thing about this movie is the last song song uh. was sung by Judy Dench mm-hmm. and she just all of a sudden she's singing this song and then she turns to the camera okay. and it's the last song and they have this awkward fourth wall break where it's just like a cat is not a dog okay we all knew that what is that supposed to mean? Yeah, what does that mean? That's the song. I don't know. Oh. Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote this. I don't know. Okay. What's your thoughts on him, by the way? Because Kelly, who is also into Broadway, feels he is so overrated. Like, immensely overrated. Like, if you look at the... Because he's so prolific, he's done a lot of things. But if you were to do a ratio of There's good There's so to bad, many things that are good. Yeah. And but, I guess it's hard, like... I don't know. Like, she, she can name these better than I can. But, um... Like, were you an Andrew Lloyd Webber fan going into this? Like, I liked Andrew Lloyd Webber. I'll say this. The, the only... Phantom of the Opera is great. Avita's great. Yep. Jesus Christ Superstar is weird, but it's good. Um, Jesus and, or uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. You know, like, yeah. that's great. Um, gotcha. I'm, it, like, looking at all this stuff going, like... And he's done a lot, though. He is... He did School of Rocks to make it go to Broadway, you know? Yeah, I saw that. But then he has <laughs> things like Starlight Express, which is completely on roller skates. He Starlight does cats. Yeah. yeah. And, I don't know, he he has so much good, so much bad. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. And he's, he's been around forever. Like, yeah. he's still right. doing it. Yes. He's a weird dude. Incredible. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So... What are your thoughts on this? It sounds like you're probably leaning on the negative side. Just a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if we have to sit back. here, I'm going to go zero cats out of five dogs. Whoa! Whoa. A hardcore zero. Hardcore wow. zero. Wow, hardcore. Whoa! Yes. That's There's so many things zero. they could have done to make this better that they just didn't. Wait, and have you done a zero before? Because yes. I know you've seen bad movies. Yes. Okay, which, what's the other zero? The other zero is uh, Yoga Hosers. Yeah, yoga Hosers, that's right. And yeah, I would take movie. this over Yoga Hosers because at least this tried to be good. You can, really can, hate that movie. Can you, give it, can you give it like a .25 then? Just a... Sure. Well, whatever. Okay. Sure, we'll 0.25? give it a .25. Sure. Right. That's fine. I'll Great. give it a .25. But it's, it's... Like, if you're looking for comparison, Yoga Hosers is still worst. Um, what did the Lion movie got or get? A one, I think. Yeah, a one out of yeah. five because they did make a movie and it was you know and whatever. Yeah, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It happened. I don't remember my exact rating, but it was it maybe point five, but 
That's awesome. I still say Leo the Lion's probably better. Yeah. Because they at least, they made it fully animated. Right. Versus this oh, was Oh my god, animated. wow. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Leo the Lion over Cats. Yep. Damn. But, wow. Yeah. Well, here's to that. So Cats. 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 Meow. Yeah. I'm going to make you all sit through something bad. <laughs> so are we going to play a game with T-Dog? Or are we just going to do something here? Like, I don't... T-Dog's seen a lot of bad movies. She has. make him suffer? No. no it's I've... fine. It's been a while for me. Yeah, it's been a while for me, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll put you two in the ring. ring. I'm fine with that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll figure that out. Um, yeah. Can I... I'm going to say something real quick. So um, we are recording this the day after Kobe Bryant... Gianna and a whole a lot of other people died in a helicopter crash. Mm. And since this is a movie podcast, um, I work in sports. Um, I'm not revealing where, but <laughs> I work in sports. Yep. Uh, and that affected me in a very close way yesterday because I was a huge basketball ball fan, not necessarily Lakers or Kobe, but this is a guy, ever since I remember watching the NBA, Kobe had been there. And yeah. he had maintained a pretty relevant standing in the public eye even after retirement and for this passing mm. to happen is devastating and i think one way if you're a fan of movies um is to you know just like to look back on all of his work post-retirement and one of which that he uh did and won an oscar for was dear basketball mm. um and you know he was a guy who was you could see in the way he played the game and a lot of writers are uh making pieces about it right now but he was basketball's ultimate storyteller you know with the way he uh, you know, just the way that he played basketball it, it was emulant of mj but also he had like a sec act to his to his career post shack like there's a lot of um, ups and downs to his career and ultimately he decided to go into storytelling in his retirement, which I think says a lot because he could have done literally anything. He could have, and he, uh, that's just one of the hardest parts about this is that I feel like his career post-basketball was going to be almost as much as a, ma- like, it, it was going to be something huge, you know? Like he was, yeah. He was already having so much momentum, and a lot of NBA players, once they once they retire, they kind of leave the limelight, they become private citizens, but Kobe wasn't satisfied with that. He was still trying to do more, and he was succeeding at that, and I just, it's, I feel like we lost, uh, we lost a lot of potential uh, with having his life cut short like this. It's just, I, I, I'm still trying to... It doesn't feel right real. It doesn't it feel doesn't real at all. Real. Exactly. And I'll be honest, like, with Kobe, like, once I heard he died, it was struggling to find out, like, is this real? Like, yeah. you know, I was reading on Twitter initially, so I'm like, this has to be a hoax. And then, obviously, it became real. The emotions didn't hit me until I read that Gianna was also in the helicopter. Yeah. And that is someone I remember very vividly being, like, playing with her dad on the court before a Lakers game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And her life is done at, at 13? 13. Like, no, uh, two, that, that's, that was the, I mean, the years lived was 2006 to 2020, and, like, that is yeah awful. Just and tragic. The, but I will say this. The beautiful part of his life, a lot of it is memorial. the full than most any of us will ever live. And you can, but, you know. you're able to celebrate it in pretty much any accessible way, and including his work in Dear Basketball, mm. since this is a movie podcast. Mm-hmm, Mike, mm-hmm. you posted this earlier yep. on our Instagram feed of Give This a Watch. It is a beautiful piece of art, and it, it was Oscar-worthy and Oscar-winning. And um, it is, it's very available, too, which, oh yeah. is, which is nice about it. I like the movies that are, you can see that it, it, it's something that was spread widespread, so that you could find it, you could watch it, you can take it in. 
Oh, yeah. It's something that is not hard to find. If you ever loved something as dearly as Kobe loved his profession and as anything that he loved as close as his daughters and his wife, uh, Dear Basketball kind of sums all that up, Yeah, which I think is a beautiful yeah. thing. So, yes. Um, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's cool. it. So, so you watch cats too. I watched cats. Yeah. And and the gentleman. I I, I need a good movie in my life. <laughs> what, say, what is, think, he, what is your probably... aggregate score? So it was zero or is it a two. quarter for cats? And a it's two. a quarter so and a two. Quarter and two. So you got like ten. a one point two five whatever out of out of yeah. Yeah. It's rough. It's bueno. Yeah. And no, your no. aggregate for your two movies was really good. Four point two five. I mean, yeah, yeah it's Lord of the Rings. You know, it, like your aggregate for everything. Oh, four and a half. <laughs> well, no, no. If you were to rate all those movies, oh god. You said earlier? Yeah, Little Women's number four on my list, and that's four and a half as well. Yep. Um, 1917 is probably a four. Uh, that's number eight overall, I think. So you're probably sitting at a 4.25. Oh, 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 I'm chilling. I'm yeah. chilling. I've seen some really great movies lately, and I'm very happy There's for some this movies on my list. Well, boys, yeah. boys, we need to knock you down a peg. Oh, okay. shit. <laughs> so. How are uh, we going to determine this? Are yeah, right. What's the, what's the plan? Mike or off oh. mic get it no, right. <laughs> oh yeah. nice dude oh sick so the, the joke is his name is Michael yeah and, and then sometimes you're called Mike when you go by Michael no. and then there's also a microphone right and right, then right, you right, can right. also say Mike and you complained that. about oh! Mike oh shit dude I'm telling you there's layers to this. You complained about my joke. And <laughs> you know, I, like I said, I was kind of like, while we were talking about cats, I was like, man, that pun was really bad of the, the, yeah. the, the, the podcast. podcast. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. But then you brought it home, and I'm like, this is why we record. Yeah, yeah. all the bad puns are the friends we made along. Right, right, right. Exactly. Right? Yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So seriously, are we going to do this off We're going to do this off mic. Okay. Off oh, mic. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 for your host, Mike. Andre. Mitchell. Thank you for listening to another Game for a Movie podcast. Yes, I'm going to make it again. God Suck it. Fuck. Suck it. Damn it. Uh, we'll see you next time on Game for a Movie. Hashtag cancel Mike. Fuck Mike. Just fucking hate you.